Welcome to the September edition of the Xcoders Community Podcast. I'm Jared Sorge. And I'm Liz Marley. And today we have a special guest with us. Aline Sims is joining us to talk about a new project of hers. Thanks for joining us, Aline. Thanks for asking me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, one of the things we're excited about is uh, highlighting projects done by community members. And you just launched something new. So uh, what is it? Uh, It is a guide for indie developers. I've spent several long months (laughs) writing a guide to help independent Mac and iOS developers with their app launches. Very cool. I think we might have a few of those. A couple, yeah. It looks really awesome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So how's the response been to uh, App Launchpad so far? I've been kind of blown away. I'm really excited. I I did not take my own advice. I did not reach out to any of the, you know, the press that might write about it in advance. I kind of wanted to see how it would go just kind of based on my own reputation and my own steam. And I've been really pleasantly surprised by... Uh, the enthusiasm and support that I've seen from it. I just, I I really wanted to see if it was something that could be a product I could invest a lot of time in and making it something really amazing for people. And I think I can, and I'm pretty excited for that. That's really awesome. How did you get inspired to work on this or what, what problems do you hope you're solving for folks? So I've worked with independent uh, developers in the community since 2014, and uh, one of the challenges of being an indie, as you know, as people know, as y'all know, is that um, sometimes money can be a little bit hard to come by, especially when you're getting started. You know, you're maybe hacking away nights and weekends trying trying to get something off the ground. And so then you're you're approaching someone to help you with your release, but they also have to pay their bills. And so that was really a sticking point is that people wanted to work with me and I really wanted to work with them, but financially it just couldn't line up. And so I thought, well, if I put together a product that wouldn't do the things for people, wouldn't actually do the release prep for people, but it would kind of guide them through it, hence the fields guide, um, it would kind of guide them through it, then it could, it could help more people than I am able to do as an individual and at a price point that's more affordable to people. Yeah, totally. Uh, as one who's done the indie app thing like that, uh, I definitely couldn't afford to have like a consulting, uh, contract or anything like that when I was launching my app. And, uh, I read your guide and, I've done a lot of things wrong. <laughs> um, is there any surprising feedback that you've gotten so far? Um, I think I think the thing that kind of shocked me is um, this. It, it, it's not a bargain basement price to buy the guide. It's currently priced at forty dollars, thirty nine dollars, and that's because I literally I put months and months of work into making it really concise. And so people are looking at it and saying, 
the guide is 40 pages long and you're charging $40 for it. So it's a dollar a page. And it's like, yeah, but I've also spent five years learning all of this stuff. I spent a lot of time learning how to communicate what you need to do. I spent a lot of time picking out where I could be concise and where I needed to expand things. And so that's been really, really surprising to me is that people equated the value with the length. It's like, so if you were looking for something that was, you wanted something that was 500 pages long to read through to help you through your launch, I really, I was really like, I want you to do, I want to help you do this as quickly as I can. And I was like, this, this is a feature, you know, this is an amazing thing I'm doing for people. And they're like, no, it's, it's, it's a dollar per page. So I thought that was super interesting because I'm thinking about app pricing and like, how do you price your apps? Do you price it on the number of views that you have or the, the, how many strings you have in your app or whatever? That's not how you, um, determine the value of it. It's, is this app useful? Is it going to benefit somebody? So I thought that was a really, really interesting thing. It does sound a little ironic that some of the same developers who might be facing sort of the canonical one star should be free reviews are maybe reluctant to um, see that a product like this could also be worth paying significant money for yeah I, th- I, th- I think it's hard because you you go back to that like hacking away at nights and weekends or for a lot of people this is a side job or a passion project and so spending forty dollars on something I totally understand is um is a little bit difficult but the fact of the matter is it's a professional product for a professional audience and it's you know I hope this will help you make money um, and earn that $40 back pretty quickly. That makes total sense to me, but I'm not an indie developer, so it's easy to sit on the sidelines. Um, so Jared, you did, you have been an independent developer and you have read this guide. Is there like, without spoiling too much of Aline's valuable content, is there like one little tidbit that stuck out to you or a particular topic that you think folks should be excited to learn more about? For me, the start of it is, is kind of the most impactful part about the, your app story. Like what is your app supposed to do in, in these concise different lengths? Um, so Aline, that was the thing that, that struck me is like, I started my app because I had an idea of, um, so if you're not familiar with it, my app's called Scorebook, and it's for keeping track of game scores as you're playing and to keep a running list of the games you've played and who you've played with. And my start was I wanted an app just to do this. I didn't think about, like, the backstory or anything. And at the time, I didn't know any programming. It was the genesis for me getting started in programming at all. And I definitely approached it as a developer of, of thought, thoughts like, um, what are the features that I want it to have, but not why do I want them to have them necessarily? Or new features like, oh, hey, this new thing is in iOS. I should probably check that out. Um, so telling the story was the part that kind of smacked me in the face just to start. So how did you come up with that, that concept of your app needs to be a story to communicate with people? Um. 
that's a really good question. And I, I don't know that I have an answer. Um, it's, I think one of the biggest challengers that any of us face, any of us who create things face, and that's whether it's an app or, you know, the, the guide that I wrote or whatever is that it's really hard to step back and look at it from someone else's perspective. But the trouble is your app has to appeal to other people in order for them to buy it. Right. And so if you have the luxury of planning your app after reading the guide or while you're reading the guide, you can start thinking about it in those terms of like, okay, so what features am I going to put in that are going to benefit the story that are going to, to help me sell this to people really, because that's what it boils down to is you need to have a way that you can talk about your app so that you can sell it to people. That's what your product page is. Your product page is your sales page. Um, your website is also your sales page. Um, your product description is your sales pitch, you know? And so basically everything that the field guide is designed to do is to help you tell a cohesive, comprehensive story so that people can understand what your app does why it will value them, and also how they'll use it. And um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was probably a long discussion with Justin, my husband, about like, okay, so how do I really hammer it home? Because it's it's really important, right? If If you look at any kind of marketing, they're telling cohesive stories because if people walk away confused, they're not going to buy – the new iPad. They're not going to buy a MacBook or whatever. It's like, I don't know how this is going to benefit me. So I'm not plunking down, you know, $10,000 on a Mac pro or whatever. Um, so, so I think that's really how it started is that I was just kind of bouncing using my husband as a rubber duck and just like talking about things. And, um, unlike a rubber duck, he was providing feedback and he was like, well, it really needs, I really think that storytelling is a big part of this. And I really think that helping walking people through writing writing different stories with different levels of detail is really going to help them. And so that's kind of how it, how it started. I like the cautions that you give too. like uh, paid marketing might not be worth it. It's more like gambling than actually a, a for sure revenue source. Right. Um, one of the things you talk about too is press kits. Uh, can you, without giving too much away, sure. uh, go into a little bit of detail about what makes a good press kit and why you want to be helpful to the press and maybe how long you need to give the press in advance of you actually doing your release? Yeah, so press outreach is its own, I mean, it's basically its own section in the guide because it is kind of, it is kind of complicated and it's a lot to wrap, wrap your head around. But basically, a press kit is a collection of information that journalists or podcasters or, you know, people who are interested in your app who might have some sway um, can look at to get a good overview of what your app does. So a press kit will include a summary of what your app does. It'll have your app icon at a fairly high resolution in it. If you have a company logo, it'll include that. If you have a story to tell about yourself, it'll include that. It'll have screenshots of the app. It'll have 
what else? I didn't pull up that section of the guide. So um, it's all it's all laid out in the guide. It's there's there's a whole entire list of things to put in a press kit and kind of how you can approach putting a press kit together in there. Um, and really, it's it's important because the last thing you want is for someone at you know in our community specifically say nine to five Mac or I'm or or. I don't know, God forbid, John Gruber to look at your site and you not have a press kit and for them not to find any information about your app, they're not going to email you and be like, so I noticed you have an app and it might be interesting. Can you tell me more about it? That's not going to happen. So if you don't have a press kit, you are 100% guaranteed to miss out on being featured by these big outlets. Um, I don't think Gruber really does that. Just kind of reading Daring Fireball, it's not a thing he does. But you want to be prepared, right? Um, and also you want to reach out to the press. And I again, there, there's a section designated, or not designated, there's a section all about press outreach in there. And basically you want to be respectful you want to give them probably at least a week, um, email them a week in advance of your release. If you have a beta going, get them in sooner, ask them if they want to be included in the beta, send like a test flight link, whatever um, makes sense for you. But um, the earlier you can let them know, the more they can plan on writing the app. And if they're beta testing, not only do they become a little bit invested in the app actually being launched but they'll um, be a little bit more likely to write about it I I don't know if it's like statistically significantly more likely to write about it but I do know that um, you know if it, it, it's still it's exciting to be on betas even if you're on hundreds of them like I know some of the tech journalists are especially this time of year with the new iOS rolling around for real yeah for sure when When's a good time to revisit your given app's launch map? So, like, um, is it when I'm launching version 1.0 or a bug fix version or a major update to coincide with an iOS release? When when should I be doing this kind of stuff? Um, early and often. So my, my advice is to kind of start planning your release when you plan your app, when you start planning your app. Again, if you have the luxury, start planning your release when you start deciding what features you're going to put in your next update. Uh, it's not as vitally important if you're still, if you're in the model where you're doing, you know, um, major releases and then smaller bug, bug fixes and then major releases and smaller bug fixes. Like, it doesn't matter so much for like bug fix type things, but if you're doing major release cycles, I encourage you to look back at everything with every release cycle, because what might happen is um, you might find that story we were talking about earlier. You might find that there's a feature that you want to add in that doesn't fit with the story and that maybe doesn't fit with your app after all, or maybe it's a direction you really need to go in, but that means that you need to revisit and think about your story all over again. So just like your app isn't going to be a stagnant thing, we hope, fingers crossed, that you'll be able to, to provide updates and improvements to it. Um, but as you update and improve your app, you also have to update and improve the way that you tell your story to accommodate these new, um, the new features that you're offering. 
Speaking of updates and improvements, I saw that um, I'm sure the field guide is already awesome and valuable, and Jared says so too, but you've already planned that you will continue updating and improving the field guide, and um, that those updates will be free. I think that's a huge um, commitment to be making, and it shows your ongoing commitment to this product and this community. Yeah, it was it was important to me that so there were a couple of factors that played into deciding to go with the strategy. Um, the first was this isn't traditional publishing. So in traditional publishing, I mean, every, everybody is, you know, fairly familiar with this. I think like you have your manuscript, you turn it in that is printed to paper and that is the book until there's a major revision to it. And again, if you're lucky, there's a major revision to it. But I'm self-publishing. I'm not working with a publisher. I'm not printing this. Uh, the field is constantly changing. People are continually learning new things, you know, new operating systems, as we're well aware here at the beginning of September, new operating systems come out all the time. You know, point updates can, can sometimes change things. And so it was really important to me to provide a product that could grow and live and breathe just like the ecosystem that we're a part of. And I, I, one, didn't want cost to be a barrier for people, um, you know, like, oh gosh, you know, people complaining again, back to kind of the software, the app world. Oh, I just paid $4 for TweetBot 17 years ago. I don't want to pay another $4. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of account for that, but, um, also, I just wanted to be sure that I could su continue to support this community that um, I know and I love and I appreciate and I want to see. Like, it hurts my heart <laughs> when I look through the app store and I see a truly horrific product page for an app that I know is really good. And so... Um, and so I wanted to have this resource for people. But um, I am going to raise the price with every major update. Um, so people who already own the product won't have to pay again, but I've got to kind of make up some money in some way, right? So I'm going to raise the price. It's not going to be like it's going to go to $80 with version 2 or something like that. I don't quite know what, what it will be. Um, it might be a couple of dollars. It might be 5 bucks. Um, I, I don't really know, but I am going to raise the price a little bit when I get to, like, version 2, um, just to kind of help. Depends on how many pages you add, right? Dollar page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a very good callback. I like that. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's kind of how I decided to approach it, and and it really rewards early adopters, I think, too, to be like, yeah, you got it at the lowest price, and you get to you get to keep keep up with it. So, so I'm really bad at designing things beforehand. Like my, my strategy is I just want to go try to build something and see what comes out. Like sketch intimidates the crap out of me and the mm -hmm. thought of, of using sketch to design my interface and then go build it again. It's like, I'm building it twice. Um, do you see designing the story of your app kind of like that as like a companion to sketch? I, I know I need to learn how to use sketch and do <laughs> designs iteratively. I'm not saying that like I shouldn't, uh, it's just uh, scary to me and another cognitive thing to, to have to, to learn like could in the same way I could 
throw a sketch design together and realize that's terrible. I shouldn't do that um, without having to like go through the iteration cycle of building and running the code. Do you see uh, designing your app story as something that could weed out bad ideas before you even start building or designing? I really think it can. Um, and that's why I really think that storytelling, that learning how to tell a story about your app is the most important thing you can do uh, due to um, to foster it. Um, not just in terms of release, but, you know, the release cycle and having a comprehensive story to, story to tell the press and, and all of that stuff. But I really think that knowing what your app is and having, having that kind of in a place you can see it, whether you type it up or you write it in a notebook or whatever, that having a clear, concise story about what your app is that you can refer to when you're thinking about features can really be important to helping you stay true to what you want your app to be. Because if you're, if you, you know, if you look through your story and when I'm talking about a story here, to be clear, I'm talking about three to five paragraphs. I'm not talking about you writing pages and pages and pages of something. I'm talking about three to five paragraphs that you can glance through from time to time and be like, okay, am I, am I staying true to this? Is this really, is this where I want to be? One, do I need to go in a different direction or um, is this feature something that fits in with a story? And does the story need to change as a result of this feature? I think that it can really help make sure that it's like a first process. It's a first step in the vetting process, I guess, for, for ideas and, and new features. Yeah. A coworker that I used to work with at Zuli said that eventually every app will become a messaging app. Because every app yes. needs to add <laughs> notifications and and an inbox or something like that, and all roads lead back to messaging. <laughs> yep. It seems like having something like this as your north star kind of can guide you and say, no, 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 our our app that is a, a dice by key by pcalc doesn't need an inbox to become a messaging. App. Don't tell James. <laughs> he might. You never know what James will do. It's true. I am really glad this exists. I uh, don't have an app on the App Store yet, but I have an idea, and I'd, I'd really rather focus on the code, and I'm slightly terrified of all the marketing and launching side of it, so maybe this will be the thing that like kicks me into getting that thing off the ground. Well, part of the reason I'm such an advocate for thinking about your marketing when you're planning out your version one of your app is I think it makes it a little bit less intimidating as you're going through. I mean, it's a lot. If you've never put an app launch together from like not the code side, but just from the assembling the screenshots and having all of the right icon sizes, like and all that stuff. Mm. If you've never done that, it is a lot, but what I've tried to do, I can't help you with that unless you hire me to. Um, but what I've really had, tried to do is at least make it easier to start thinking about things as far out in advance as you can so that when it's time to sit down, 
and take your screenshots and put together your product page that you, one, you know what you're doing and two, you already have the plan for it. And I think that makes it a lot less intimidating than sitting there being like, okay, well, I need to take screenshots and I don't know, I guess I just take like, the tutorial looks pretty good. I'll take a picture of that. And I worked really hard on this screen. So I'll take a picture of that. And I, you know, your, your screenshots also need to tell a story. And so just, just having this in mind as you go through, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a background planner in the back of my head. I'm kind of always planning things. So it helps me. I don't know if it's helpful to other people, but I think it really can be. It's really something that can sneak on, sneak up on you. Like, like you were saying, with screenshots and app store text, and now you have to have a privacy policy and a help website. There's so much extra things besides just the code that go into building an app that having a guide like this is going to be super helpful to, at the very least, have like a checklist of the things you need before you could submit to the app store. And the app, uh, app store is just yelling at you that a field is incomplete. Like, oh, yeah. no, now I have to go make these other five screenshots. Fantastic. Or I need keywords. What's a keyword? I've never heard of a keyword before. And so you're seeing this in like iTunes Connect and you don't know you don't know what that is. And now you've got to go find the information. Well, you know, the guide has all of the information for you. And um, that was really that was really the goal is to to make it a comprehensive place that people can go to. And I will have, I don't yet, but I will have actual like checklists and workflows in it. I'm hoping pretty soon. So it'll be even more helpful then. Is there anything else you wanted to make sure people know about your awesome new field guide? No, uh, I don't think so. I'm, I'm super available on Twitter. My email address is, um, on the App Launch Map website, it's in the guide, so I'm pretty available. I am one person, so I try to respond to everything really, really super quickly. But that doesn't. Sometimes it might take like a day or a day and a half. Um, but really, I'm open to suggestions and thoughts and ideas. I may not take them all because if you've worked on an app and you've taken feature requests, if you take all feature requests soon, your app becomes a monster. Um, but with an inbox. Uh, but I really, really appreciate all of the feedback I've had so far, and I'm really excited to work on the next version. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both for having me. I really, really enjoyed being here. Congratulations again on the launch of App Launch Maps Field Guide. Thank you.